It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 16 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the legendary Derek Sanderson edition, and I'm your host, Mark Allred. Joining me for this special podcast is my boy and co-host, Rob Tomlin. Rob, what's happening, bud? Uh, I'm good, buddy. Nice. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, uh, happy Father's Day to everybody, uh, everybody yeah. that celebrates, and uh, especially my dad is an awesome awesome father and he uh uh owe a ton of credit to him so thanks big guy um this is a special podcast that we've we we jumping right into this week we missed out last week uh because uh, uh rob had uh double sessions in his hockey games which is cool we yeah. always accommodate for for activities like that but we also wanted to take time to educate ourselves a little bit more because this is our first uh, our first edition of the um, 2016 Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Draft Preview. So we uh, got our homework together and put a list together of uh, players that that we would like to target where the Bruins were actually picking in uh, the draft coming up on this Friday. So I, I hope you're all ready, and I hope Rob's ready because I think this is going to be a lot of fun because I do love. Uh, I have a real strong passion for prospects and, and the ones that are coming through for tomorrow's stars in the Bruins organization. So, Yeah, and the draft's always a fun time because no one knows what's going to happen. Exactly. It's like huge speculation of this guy's going to be an NHL star and then all of a sudden he comes into training camp and he goes back to junior. Yeah, I, I remember last year as soon as the uh, picks initiation and then the, the amount of just 
absolute shock by the entire Bruins fan base of no one knowing who this kid was. None of that. O- only the guys who actually watched juniors really knew who he was. But I, I, I knew who he was. Again. I knew who Sinishin was. I knew where he was projected. And, and yes, I did go a, a little flip out moment when yep. he was picked off the board because I kind of, I kind of go with the, the McKenzies, the Draggers, and you know the uh, Craig Button and so on. Those guys have some pretty good uh, projections of where talent will land. But you know what? It took me about a week. I started watching some video and got to know the kid. And I got to tell you, I mean, his first his first year as a rookie. He was playing uh, on the fourth line. Yeah, and still putting up good numbers. And he put up 26 goals. And then his second year, now he's on the top six line. 40 goals. And he's got 40-some-odd goals. So, I mean, it just shows the progression, and it it definitely shows that uh, uh, drafting any kind of player is is definitely a gamble. And I think this week he's, he's shown why the Bruins have a lot of trust in him because he held his second annual... Uh, softball game for the uh, for a charity game that he does out there in uh, is it Salt St. Marie? Yeah, Sault yeah. St. Marie. Sault St. Marie, that's yeah. the one. But uh, yeah, he's just held his second annual like benefit thing for one of the charities out there, so just goes to show like even the kids can come in and do some good for like the local places, so I didn't even know that about the softball thing, and uh, that's yeah. a, that's a that's some good homework on your part. Um, and and to, to, like you said, it's good for the kids to, to have a start like that because um, you know when, when you sign that, when, I mean, he's already got the entry level deal, but once you become a full time Bruins player, your commitment to your, your community is huge, and and that's just a perfect stepping stone for him to you know get All used right. to get used to the limelight and uh, and, and have events like that. Well, I think a lot of guys from the 2011 teams really stepped it up and showed what they could do for the like Boston community. And uh, ever since then, it just keeps building and building. And guys, guys are taking over. Some of the guys who have left, they're getting their jobs taken over, but they're also taking over the charity work that they did. So that's really good to see. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm all for that stuff. So. Uh, um, there's really not much Bruins news leading up to the draft, so we're just going to dive right in. And, and, and what I'd like to do is, um, in, in no fashion, no order, but, uh, you know, if, if there's a round one pick, Robin Ta- Robert or myself will pick uh, our favorite player that is around or could be available around where the Bruins pick. So um, yep. do you want to go first? Uh, starting at the number 14 slot. Uh, I'm gonna pick Charlie McAvoy. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. I, no, it's it's a good pick. It's yeah. a good pick, and I, I have a feeling you're gonna tell us why. Uh, well, he's playing for Boston University, defenseman, uh, six foot, hundred and ninety-eight pounds. Uh, last season, he played thirty-seven games, scored three goals and twenty-two assists for twenty-five points. But if you watch if you watch him play, the main thing that stands out for me is he's right-handed defenseman. The second thing that stands out for me is the perfect puck-moving defenseman to pick at that stage of the draft. If you watch any 
any videos on him and how he conducts himself when he's going down the ice. He can either start the offense by making a breakout pass or he can take it himself. Like we used to see Dougie Hamilton do from time to time, just skate into the zone. And if he hasn't got a clear lane to the net, he'll skate around the zone and just do circles until he finds that perfect spot. So for me, I think he's the perfect choice and I know who you're going to pick <laughs> and it, this is my problem it's a difficult pick between between them two guys but if McAvoy's there that's the guy I'd pick at that spot okay that that, that is a solid pick um, he did I did I have the pleasure of watching a couple of his games and I and I always follow up on on uh, the local college scene so a g- great choice um, but I, I particularly went with another player that I've been, uh, I have a man crush on all of a sudden because <laughs> since, since the uh, midseason uh, rankings came out, I, I've, I've been on Dante Fabro um, yep. for the 14th pick. I, he, he's, he's got good size at six feet. He's uh, almost 200 pounds. Uh, he's got really good rankings through uh, HockeyProspect.com, ISS Hockey, and his future considerations and the NHL Central Scouting have him averaged at, at 17. So uh, he's a he's a dependable two-way defenseman. He's got really good offensive upside, which I think is a step above McAvoy. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a mature player. He makes great decisions under pressure. Uh, he's got good possession numbers, and I'm a big fan of his mobility, especially on the power play, east to west on the blue line. Uh, and he, he just creates open ice for himself. And I got to tell you, from the videos I've seen on YouTube, and for the people that haven't seen this kid yet, take some time and, 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 and watch his videos because... Uh, like I said about his mobility, he is an effective, effective role player on a power play because his accurate one-timer. Oh, yeah. That I was about to say, there's one guy we hate in the NHL, and that's P.K. Subban. But that guy has got a one-timer, and this kid has the exact same thing. He can let it go from the point from anywhere, and it's going on there. So... He's definitely a guy who, in the future, is going to be deadly on someone's power play. So, I I also like the idea. Um, he he's been playing in the British Columbian Hockey League for the past two seasons for the Pentington V's, and in 2014-15 he played in 44 games, and he got 33 points. Last season he played in 45 games and he got 67 points. Um, and he's committed to the Boston University Terriers, which is a short uh, two-mile uh, walk or drive for Bruins uh, scouts to constantly uh, uh, look on his progression. Not only Bruins scouts, but Bruins fans as well. Oh, absolutely. I'll be there for a couple games this season. I'm going with my, uh, my friend Corey Smith. Yeah, he's invited yep. me to go to a couple games, so I'm going to take him up on that offer. Yeah, it's uh, that, that's the thing I like about how they've been drafting at the moment with with kids from around the Boston area, and uh, it's good to see that it's kind of an internal fan base where the guys from the guys who are actually going to the Bruins games can also 
take that short distance travel, go and watch some of the younger kids who are coming up, get to know them. Absolutely. Because I don't see any of these university guys, I don't see them getting traded before they even get a look in at the AHL. Right. So these guys are going to be around for a while as Bruins property. So if you get the chance to go down and watch them, I suggest you do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have on Fabro. Uh, real quick, that he was the last year he was the most of the most points by a defenseman was sixty seven, and he was the league's top uh, the B the British Columbian Hockey League top defenseman. So um, he's also did great in the World Juniors. Uh, a lot of upside to him. I like the kid. Like I said, I yeah. I, I have a bromance with this guy. So. Can I just check one thing? What's up? Is he is he left-handed or right-handed? He's a right shot. Right. So. Okay. Because I was going to say that one of the reasons I picked McAvoy in the first was we don't have a lot of depth at right, like yeah. a right shot defenseman. So. Yeah. Once you said McAvoy was a left, I I immediately looked at the uh, at my notes that I took and and said you know he's also a right shot. So. Yeah. Well. Uh, I'll move on to my pick, the 29th overall pick. Even though I think this is going to be traded, and I do think it's going to be moved for a piece, I've picked at 29 a guy who could go a lot higher than 29, but hopefully if he drops down to this level, I'd pick him. And that's Logan Stanley of the Windsor Spitfires. Nice. Uh, big guy, six foot six, 224 pounds. Uh, huge guy to be honest when you see him on his skates he's big uh, played 64 games 5 goals, 12 assists for 17 points and he's definitely more of your defensive, defensive, stay at home type D-man uh, so uh, left handed shot got a, got a cannon of a shot reminds me a lot of Chara in the way that he plays um, really good in his own end uh, takes responsibility when things haven't gone right when he's been on the ice uh, Look, he sounds a lot older than he is when he talks has a really good ho- hockey IQ uh, I think if he drops to 29 he's definitely a future pairing and if you had him say him and Carlo together that would just be scary so that's, I'd pick Logan Stanley that's a solid pick yeah um, now, like I said, I don't, I don't think he's going to go that late. Uh, the, the numbers on him are a lot different. There's guys saying that he'll go between 17 and 23, and then other guys are saying bottom of the first round. So it's just who's picking what. So wow, definitely uh, a all about guy. So, so. I'm going with the 29th pick in the first round. I'm going forward with somebody that I've been watching a lot lately, and uh, his name is Pascal Laberge from the Victorville Tigers in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, he st- he started off his uh, his uh, Major Junior le- career with a Gatineau Olympic. Um, and 2014-15 and only got 10 points in 27 games and then was traded to Victorville where he played in 31 games 
and they got 21 points. But last season in the queue with uh, Victorville, he really stepped up his game uh, with 68 points in 56 games, uh, 23 goals, 45 assists. Uh, that, that to me, you know, got my attention. Um, he's he's a two-way forward. He's got really good hockey sense. Um, he chases peop, uh, pucks down and creates uh, a lot of turnovers. Uh, he's a he's a physical person, uh, and he's a versatile forward, which I like because he can play either center or right wing. Um, yeah. And he's he's got good passing skills, good vision. Um, I, I really like his play when 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 the when the D wants to stretch a pass into the neutral zone. That is one of my favorite things to watch from him because either it's a, a, a pass off the boards or right up the middle. The kids just got eyes for the puck and the stick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's that's who I definitely go with just because. Just by watching him, you could tell that he's he, he, he wants to be a pro, and every level that he seems to be working in is a point progression. So that's who I choose. It's a good pick. Definitely a good pick. Um, my next pick in the second round, at pick 49, will be... Uh, I'm going to butcher this name so badly. Uh, Dennis... Chalowski. Okay. Uh, defenseman for St. Cloud University of the NCAA. Uh, six foot one, 176 pounds. Uh, a bit of your smaller two way D man. Quite good on his skates. Um, he's one of those guys who. He's more of a passer when he gets the puck in his own zone, so he'll skate behind his own net start a breakout pass he's got really good like vision of the ice he doesn't just look at one guy he kind of just visions the entire ice sees guys come in can pick a pass off he's he's a really good puck moving defenseman again uh another guy another left-handed guy um i've got in my picks i've got four defensemen uh no five defensemen because i i just think we're not sure what we've got with the guys that we've got in the system and with guys that are going to university and stuff they're not going to take up a roster spot you can see what you've got you can let them play as long as they want at university and then when the time comes you can bring them up but this guy is he's just he's kind of just that puck moving defenseman that you want that is clever as well he's not going to get picked off by guys when he's skating out of the zone he's he's not stupid enough to try and go around people he'd rather just bank pass off the boards or something so i i think he'd be my pick definitely in the second round but he's another guy that could go ahead of that so yeah uh yeah i I, I I also um, ha- I have two in my two defensemen in my uh, seven picks, um, yeah. and at the 49th pick, I really like this kid, uh, Luke Green. Yeah. Um, he's he's another big kid. He's got some good size. Uh, 
he lit it up in the uh, Nova Scotia Hockey League um, and transitioned very well into the Quebec Major Junior with the St. St. John Sea Dogs um, in 2014-15. He got 36 points in 60 games played. Um, and last last season, in 61 games, he had 10 goals and 30, 25 assists. So uh, the, he's got another another player that's got good upside. Um, he, he's an offensive defenseman that can step into a, a, a play. He's good power play, uh, really good shot, but he, he seems to me a, a pass-first type of defenseman. Um, he's smart. He's got good transitioning skills out of the out of the uh, defensive zone, um, and another one that can read the lanes and just like really thread a needle on a pass. Uh, and just, I don't know why I'm I'm on this draft. I really want to concern myself with with defensemen, but like you said earlier, with the, with people leaving and expiring contracts, you know the the, the depth has to be replenished. Yeah. So I mean that's who I'd take. And you got to be thinking, six, seven years ahead, is is one of these guys going to turn around and say he doesn't want to play for the Bruins? Is because then you got to have another guy who's just just as ready as he is. So what you're wanting is you're wanting a good depth in Providence that are ready to step up at any time. Whether there's an injury, anything like that, you don't want to be bringing up a guy who's struggling down in Providence and having to make him play NHL time Yeah. so we, we haven't got that depth now we've been calling guys up all year who are struggling completely so it ju- we just need we need that replenish but we have guys in the pipeline now that we've already picked and with us doing so well at, at getting guys who aren't drafted through the universities we're doing well with that as as well. So I think it's just the fact that we need that depth at D. We've got quite good depth at forward with some of the guys who are in Providence. We just need, I think, the major thing to focus on with the Bruins is defence because we're known as a defensive team. We're known as a hard-to-play, rough-nosed team. And I think the past two years we've basically been laughed at yep. because we're not that team anymore so everyone's trying to say oh the transition we're transitioning to more of a skilled game but if you look at the guys that they're bringing in we're definitely not at the moment no I have to agree with that so if they want to stay gritty and they want to stay big you've got to have that depth and you've got to have guys who can step in with injuries or step in when guys are asking to be traded out so Yep. Uh, so, uh, is it your turn now? No, I, I just picked oh, Luke Green, but I just wanted to say right. that the Bruins do not have a third or fourth pick in yep. this season's uh, this year's draft. So we're going right to the fifth round. Yeah, and go ahead. So in the fifth round, we've got picks one thirty-five and one thirty-six, both next to each other. Uh, so the first pick in the fifth round I've picked Connor Hall the defensive defenseman from the Kitchener Rangers 
another guy who's just hard-nosed in his own end. There's not a lot of game footage to be found on him, to be honest, but he's been he's been like progressing as that guy who you don't really get many highlights on him. He's not a highlight player, he's a quiet player. He does his job, not many people realize what he's doing, but it's effective. He's he's a good stick worker. He's always going to stick out just making guys go to the boards away from the net. He clears pucks out from in front. He clears guys from the front of the net. Uh, he's he's a big kid, and uh, I think he's one of those guys that is more of that four or five year guy who's you're not going to see in Providence for a while. You're gonna sit, you're gonna have to wait till he's twenty, and then maybe he might play a year for the Gladiators before he comes up to Providence. But I think he could be that guy who turns into a bottom-pairing, just shut-down guy who you can rely on constantly. So that's definitely the kind of guy we want. But at the same time, you don't really want to pick him with one of your first first round or second-round picks. So that's what I'm going to pick there. And I think it's just one of them safe picks where he's he's scheduled to go later than that. But because we've got the two picks there, I think he's one of the guys that I'd definitely pick with them too. Nice. Well, another solid choice. Um, I'm going to go a little off here. Um, uh, with the, with the, one, the pick at 135, I'm going goaltender. Um, brave, brave decision. I know, I know. And, and that's one of the reasons why I went that way is because of that gap between uh, three and four. The fourth, th- third, and fourth round, that there's no picks, and yeah. if if we did in fact have a second or third round, I mean I'm sorry, third or fourth round, I would actually still go goaltender, but um, a goaltender's like uh, Tyler Parsons, which I I really like. Yeah. Uh, he could have gone in that area. Or even even my even second, but I wanted I like Luke Green better than Tyler Parsons. And when you look yeah. at our goaltending depth too, at the moment it's not great, but it, it's 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 busy, it's full. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot better than quite a few of the NHL teams. Exactly. We have that many that there's no point in bringing other guys in to not get any ice time. So um, I'm going with this Wooter Peters. And he is—he's uh, Belgian, and he's a big boy. And it seems that the NHL is going towards bigger goaltenders. Uh, and, and it sucks because I—I I happen to know a lot of goaltenders that are under six feet that are really good, but they're just not getting their chance because of their size. So yeah. just for that reason, he's—he's six four. He's two hundred five pounds. He's got um, really good lateral movements side to side in the crease he cuts his angles down well um, he's got a decent glove hand uh, good blocker needs to work on um, uh, rebound control a lot of goaltenders do that but yeah you know especially when they're younger yeah and what I like about him is he's ranked number six by N- NHL central scouting for uh, European goaltenders and he is committed to Joker it of the uh, Continental Hockey League next season 
So I think that will give him uh, a little bit more confidence. Um, but, you know, having a goaltender like him behind Daniel Vladar is not a bad idea either cause, because you can, you can tuck him away in the KHL. Or if he wants to come over and get uh, North American hockey uh, experience, that's another option too. So yeah, uh, I, I like the upside of him. Um, obviously, work in progress. Obviously, these are all gambles, but uh, you can never stop, uh, you know, feeding the pipeline. I like the fact that he's also playing in the KHL, which means he's playing against a wide variety of age range and skill range. Right. So it's not just a kid playing against kids. It's a kid playing against adults, so yeah, you learn a lot more that way, I think. And and you know he's he doesn't have great numbers while playing in the Austria um, under twenty league uh, or the MHL, but I mean those are that's against you know like you said it's players he's playing against players that are his age, yeah. So he might get a little different experience in the KHL, absolutely. Um, and my pick at one thirty six. Is a, a versatile forward, which I again I really like. He plays the left side and the right side, and he is a left shooting forward. Um, I'm gonna hack this name really bad, but his name is Otto Koivula. I hope <laughs> I said that right. But he's uh he's from Finland. He's a six four. 220 pound forward. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a big guy. He uh, he plays in the uh, SM Liga league. And um, I'm just going to I'm just going to uh, he played in the under 20. And yeah. in 49 games, he got 26 goals, 32 assists, 58 points. Wow. That's why I re- I saw that number and then I did my research on him. Which ultimately got me to this choice, but uh, you know, if if the Bruins want big, skilled forwards, uh, this is one that's hard to to uh, to pass up if he's still available. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean, he's seventeen, so he he's seventeen years old, and he's a big kid like that. Yeah. So that, I mean, he's got, he's got room to grow. Ab- exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a solid pick. Yeah. Uh, well, my pick at one three six is another guy. I'm going to probably butcher his name. Uh, Kyle Makimovich from the Erie Otters. This is another guy where I saw his points, and I kind of had to jump on him and check his style of play out and I really think this guy suits the Bruins he's a smaller guy, he plays left wing he's also known to play centre uh, he's five foot seven, 169 pounds uh, in 68 games he had 27 goals, 44 assists for 71 points um, he's this guy just goes to the net uh, every every time the puck is in the zone he's going to the net and it shows with his point totals because a lot of his assists have come off rebounds uh he's that type of guy he's kind of like 
a bit like Marshand, he'll go in, he'll annoy people in front of the net. Um, he's got a great shot on him. Uh, he is. He just seems like a pure shooter when he gets the puck. Um, he's got nifty hands in close as well. He, he's known to go around the goalie from a rebound. Uh, he's He's got good guys he's been playing with at the Otters. So... He's one of them guys I'd like to see him next season when a few of the Otters are moved up to the AHL or the NHL. Uh, I'd like to see him get first line minutes there and see how he progresses. But um, on the power play, this guy is just insane. He's one of those guys who he's got his spot just in the face-off circle where he'll stand. And uh, his one time is just incredible. Uh, but he also likes to move the puck about the zone. He's not just known for one thing. He can take the puck and dance around other guys. With him being that small, he can just move around quite a few places. So he's definitely a guy that I'd love to see him pick there. But at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of writers from uh, Ottawa talking about him going to the Senators, maybe even earlier than the fifth round. So he might be a guy we lose out on but if he drops to there I'd love to see him pick him up nice nice um so moving on to the sixth round uh I I am gonna choose at 165 uh center Gustav Westland and he is uh, he was born in Paris France his nationality is Swedish um he's six feet He's 170 170 pounds. Uh, he last season played in the United States High School League uh, for the Gunnery Prep. He played 31 games, 10 goals, 18 assists, 28 points. Um, he's going to be playing in the United States Hockey League uh, this upcoming season for the Lincoln Stars and has already committed... Uh, for the 2017-18 season to the NCAA at the University of Michigan, um, he's he's got real good. I haven't seen much video. I've seen a couple videos uh, that friends have uh, have sent to me. Um, he's he's got some real good upside. Um, I like the fact that he's he's already transitioning his game from. The European style to a North American style at such a young age, uh, it definitely shows me that he wants to learn, he wants to get better, and he wants to be a pro. Um, I, I think he'd be a solid pick for the future, uh, even if it's, uh, I mean, it's a sixth round pick, so, I mean, even if you pick to add depth to your Providence team, you know, uh, that's, that's, it's still a good thing to, to do. Um, yes. and I hope he's around. I, I I do like his game. I like his numbers. There's a lot of, a lot of fans when they think of the draft, they only think about the Bruins, like uh, Boston, as the team that are getting these players. But sometimes in the later rounds, you've got to look for guys for Providence that are going to help out. Yeah. Some of you like future stars, so you you're going to have to look for guys who can come in play in Providence, they might never play in the NHL, or they might be a call-up guy who's not waiver-eligible, but 
you've always got to look for them guys who can fit it because you can never have a team of Providence players who are all going to be NHL stars. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a player like Seth Griffith, that guy was taken in the fifth round. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got a limited amount of games in the NHL. I think it's <coughs> like 25 to 30 games. I'm not sure, but, yeah. um, you know, th- those are depth uh, uh, selections. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I I always try to consider, like, the first... And I know it's it's different for everybody else, but, like, I, I try to consider the first round and second round of any draft year, uh, you have potential NHL stars in the yeah. making. And then three, four, five, six, and seven rounds, you know, are all just... You're adding depth. pieces. Yeah, you're adding depth picks. Right, right. You never know what you're going to get. It's guys like I think it was Duncan Keith was a fifth rounder yeah yeah you, you always get them guys that Marty St. Louis wasn't even drafted so that just shows you there's guys like that who can come out of nowhere and just absolutely fit in an NHL team so it, it is about depth at the same time but also you never know what a player is going to turn out to be if, if you let them play and you give them a bit of confidence, they can become anything, even if they're not drafted. So that's what I like about the draft because it is so up and down. You never know what you got until a couple of years down the line. So it's definitely good. Um, well, in, with my six-round pick, I'm picking a European skater by the name of Pierce Suter. Uh, played for Zurich Lions and was the left winger to Austin Matthews this season. Oh, uh, no shit. Yeah, played 45 games, didn't have the best points, uh, 14 goals, 10 assists and 24 uh, for 24 points. He's 5 foot 9, 176 pounds, but he is um, he's more of your two-way guy. He, he is a good he's a good winger, but he's defensively responsible. He will back check and everything uh, he's a good player he's 20 years old so he'd be straight into the AHL if they wanted him to be um, I think with this the, the the bottom two rounds I would rather pick you guys who are either a year or a year away or are ready to go into the AHL so I'd rather have a guy I'd rather have a guy sit on the bench in the AHL and play for play half the season maybe than get a guy who's going to be playing out somewhere else and you're probably never going to see him so with that pick I've picked him uh, and I'll jump to the last round because I want to hear if you know this guy Okay. I think I, I think you will and I think quite a few Bruins fans will Casey Fitzgerald Ooh. Why? Is, that, is that Tom College. is that Tom's son yeah. No kidding. Ryan Fitzgerald's brother. Yeah, his brother. No shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, playing out of Boston College. Uh, he was draft eligible last year, but didn't get drafted. Uh, played 39 games this season. Uh, scored four goals, 23 assists for 27 points. Uh, defenseman, five foot nine, 185 pounds. Was he a freshman? Yeah. Okay, thank you. And if anyone knows of the Fitzgerald family and what their bloodlines are and all the guys that are associated with the group of families they're in, 
you know these guys are built for the NHL. Right. So, so you've got the Fitzgerald family, the Kachuk family, and the Hayes family are right. all connected. I was just about to say that, uh, and I, I hope that this family, the Fitzgerald family, don't turn out to be the Hayes family. Yeah. Because the the Bruins Hayes and the Rangers Hayes, they're both they're both like up in the air right now. Yeah, they are both struggling. But like I've said, you never know what someone's gonna do next season. Right. We we've seen this with guys who teams have got rid of them thinking they can't do much. Look at Luke Shen. Yeah. And then they just turn into something great. So I I'm I'd pick I'd pick him because his brothers in the organization for the Bruins um, he's another guy who um, I'm pretty sure he's going to Boston Uni next year um, so he's a good pick he's a good puck moving defenseman again and more of a two way guy uh, knows how to close guys down great hockey IQ knows the game probably better than a lot of kids do uh, has lived around hockey his entire life so I definitely think I'd go with that guy over anyone else who's going to be available at that point because of who who he is not what he's doing at the moment more of who he is because you know you know he's going to push himself he's, he's not going to be one of them guys who just when he gets drafted thinks right well I've made it now I'm drafted to an NHL team I don't have to like try as hard he's he's going to push himself for whatever team picks him so I'd like it to be the Bruins to be honest nice and to round my 7th round pick off at 195 I I actually really like this kid uh, his name is Artur Lata and he is from Omsk Russia he's a right shooting uh, versatile uh, forward right wing left wing uh, six feet, 190 pounds. Uh, ranked number 43 by National Hockey League Central Scouting European Skaters. Um, he's going to play in the KHL next season for the Av Avangard Omsk. Um, and and another, another one that's got some steady numbers in his progression. It seems like he's... Uh, constantly getting better every level he goes uh, there's a lot of um, he's been playing in the U16s the U17s and the U, uh, World Juniors uh, under 20 uh, he's got some he's got some upside to him too uh, and, and, and in my opinion not a bad um, uh, pick for 7th round yeah so, sounds good Yeah. wow that went a lot faster than I thought yeah, I think uh, definitely next year we're going to do a bit more depth. And, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Probably pick a, pick two people to go at that pick to make it last a bit longer. Like if guys aren't available, maybe have a second pick. But uh, it we can also talk about the fact that what I was saying the other day was I, I think with them saying that they're in a not they're not in a rebuild, they're in a retool. I think we'll see a guy traded at the draft for a third and a fourth. I really do. So you, I really I really think they're gonna pick up a couple of 
earlier round picks with so, some guys that aren't working out. So a deal could be made to fill the void at the third and fourth rounds of this year's <clears throat> draft. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Because I with the with the first round the the San Jose pick being up for grabs basically. Uh it they've been saying that they're willing to trade it if it brings the right thing back. We could see that traded along with a player for a defenseman and then maybe get a third and a fourth back as well. Uh, I'd like to see them do that and move up a bit more in the draft. There's always, we've got two fifth rounders, we can always chuck that in to maybe upgrade a pick. So I'd like to see them get a couple of higher higher draft picks than we have. Uh, but it's just, you never know who's available for trade with the Bruins at the moment. I'd because put, I'd, I'd put Hayes. Well, yeah, I would. I'd trade I'd Hayes for that. a third and fourth, absolutely. Yeah. But I'd, I don't think they will. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, you've you got to work on both sides of the coin. And, and teams that see his progression from last year and, <clears> and, his, and, his, and his minutes, are gonna, uh, they're going to shy away from stuff like that. Yeah, and I think... With with what we got with Sweeney, I think he's going to be one of them guys who wants to prove it long term. Like a guy like Hayes might be here for five years, and he might be he might not be great for the first couple of years, but then he might get better down the line. So I I can't see it happening. I can't see him getting much better than he has been unless he works on his skating a lot more. Um, but. The, everyone's basically available on the Bruins team now, except for our core guys. I've seen talks of Vetrano going, Krejci going, Krejci, guys like that. Yeah, Krejci's a popular one. Yeah, and just because he doesn't score uh, forty goals a year, he's always a target of you know yeah. slowing well, down and and unproductive. And yeah. I, I'm on the fence about that. I mean. See, I'm a I'm a big Krejci fan. It's the stuff that he does off the puck that a lot of fans don't realise. Right. And he might not be a big hitter, and he might not be like that guy who scores all the goals and is a superstar. But he he should like he's in the right place all the time. The amount of like pucks that he picked up from passes last season from the opposite team. He just picks off passes. He's, he's just a good all-around sentiment. I uh, just don't get why you'd trade him and then risk Ryan Spooner at the second line. I, yeah. I'd rather have that depth of three really good sentiments than just two. So, it, no one knows who's going, who's staying. It's going to be one of them years where we just have to wait the off-season out and then this team could look completely different by the time the season starts. So it's just a, it's not a good place for the Bruins right now, to be honest. It's uh, it's it's difficult being a fan because we're not that we're not that team that's losing all the games but getting really good draft picks, and we're not that team who's winning all the games and going through the Stanley Cup. So we're kind of that middle tier team. And they've either got to step it up or rebuild it. Hmm. So that's um, interesting. Did yeah. that? Hey, did you, did you watch any of the Stanley Cup Finals this year? Yeah, I did. 
and I was really disappointed in the final round to be honest um, I just I hate Pittsburgh so much <laughs> uh, I just can't stand them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the Penguins either. But um, congratulations to them on the Stanley Cup. Um, but what? What was that whole thing about with um, Crosby winning the Smythe? I know. I, I. I. I mean, and I'm not. I'm not saying what I'm gonna say because I'm goaltender bias. But I. I, I had Matt Murray written all over that trophy even before it got handed to Sid. I picked. I picked two guys for it. That I thought were going to win it, and Did, that was Phil Kessel. I knew you were going to say Kessel because he scored the most points in the final games. Yeah, and then yeah, I also yeah. had Matt Murray because does Matt Murray not remind you about uh, Andrew Hammond last season? Yeah, yeah, good point. But, yeah. but Matt Murray actually did what he was meant to do and finished off and won the playoffs, whereas. The Hamburglar just couldn't get it done last season in the playoffs. <laughs> and so, my 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 thing about the Stanley Cup, these Stanley Cup playoffs, um, and it and it was brewing from the beginning, um, is Bruins fans, and I love you guys all, I really do, and I'm not shitting on anybody, but it, it's what is said, you know, look at Joe Thornton, look at Phil Kessel. You know, guys that the Bruins traded away, and now it's coming back like, oh, we could have had that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they did, like... We won a cup in 11 bef- yeah. while these guys were gone. <laughs> it, it's like when guys say, oh, uh, Sagan's gone. Look at what he's doing in Dallas. Do we have Jamie Ben? Do we have any of those guys who can... Who've helped him become that player? No, not we're a really. Defensive, we're a defensive team. If he was playing Julian's system, there's no way he's putting up them points. Right. So, you look at Marshan this season, and everyone's been like, "Oh, I love Marshan, but he's not a superstar player." But he's put up more goals than a lot of superstar players have this season. So, when when people say there's no superstars on the Bruins, I think you're completely wrong with that because. Marshan and Bergeron are the perfect two for a top line yeah. I think the way those guys have performed consistently year in year out their numbers never drop they always either go up or stay similar the plus minus is always there they're always producing points and everything so you, you do have those guys on the Bruins but we play a different system to a lot of teams yeah and yeah. sometimes it is boring to watch, but at the same time, if we didn't play that system, we'd be, be probably losing by a lot more goals than we did last season. Oh, absolutely! And you know, I have to, I have to throw in um, the Martin Jones thing. I mean, I, I understand it's frustrating the Bruins haven't made the playoffs in the last two seasons, but yeah. and you can constantly, and I, you know, I, I'm starting off to not be a, a Don Sweeney fan, and you, and you could blame him, you could. You can blame this and you can blame that, but you have to you have to read into the into the situation what happened last year. Martin Jones came to the Bruins via trade for Milan Lucic. Yep. He only had four or five days as a Bruin. As a Bruin before the July first. And he's a restrict I believe he had restricted status. <clears throat> 
Yep. But this is what people don't get. They say, oh, we could have had him. Oh, we could have done this. We could have done that. No. There was He's no not. chance he wanted to be here. He, yeah, didn't, he didn't want to be a backup. Exactly. He and wanted he, to play starting minutes. Yes. San Jose have been after him for the last four years. Yes. The, the only reason that trade ever happened was because it was two rival teams and one of the rival teams wanted the other rival team's goalie and the only way to make it happen was make a bridge deal between Boston so he came from LA to Boston then straight to San Jose and I've it, was, it was never never ever going to be the starting goalie and his agent even came out and said that <coughs> that he didn't, yep. he didn't want to go to a team who already had a starting goaltender established and yep. he wasn't going to be that goaltender that's going to fight for fight for a spot on the team even though his even though his cap number is good and you know he would have been a great Bruin absolutely but he didn't want to do that he wanted to walk on a team and be the man what what do you see every time we trade for a player or sign a player in free agency oh my straight god o- straight away there is a press release that says this guy is really excited to be a Bruin. Blah blah blah. He's on his way to Boston now. He's in a play and he's really excited. This is the interview. Martin Jones. There was none of that. There was no article saying that he was going to be proud to be a Bruin. There was no article saying that he was really happy to be in Boston. There was none of it. It went quiet for five days and then the trade was announced. Yeah, and all I heard from people that I talked to, and I'm not saying that I'm <coughs> I'm the great source and. I'm out there doing all the dirty work, but from the people that I talk to that have good connections, said that his agent immediately called the Bruins and said, "You know what? He's requesting a trade. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't. You know, it's." But at the same time, I think it was San Jose that started all this off. Oh, of I course, think they've rung Sweeney and they've gone, "Look, we'll give you a first for him if you can pray him." From and LA. a prospect. Yeah. Sean Curley. Sean Curley, who is another great prospect that no one ever talks about because he's a college player. So we're we're not seeing him at the moment. But he's another guy that we could see. I'm pretty sure he's AHL eligible next season. Well, uh, if if he's from university or college, yes. It's a possibility. If If he's anything to do with Canadian junior, it's that age restriction. No, he plays for Miami Ohio? University, I think, yeah. Okay. So I, I know he's not part of the Canadian thing. I know he's, it's American, but I wasn't sure whether it was university or development. Then the, I'm pretty the, sure it's then, university. Then the choice is up to him to stay in the university or to jump to AHL. Yeah. And I don't believe I've seen anything about him signing a, uh, a entry-level deal. No. So. And that's another thing. He is He is unsigned. So that's another guy that you you kind of hope in the offer a contract to this season. Yeah, you got to lock him up because if you lose him, then you just got first. Yeah, right. So so pretty. I mean, pretty much you're looking at. I mean, it's it's, it's very different intangibles, but you know, you make a trade like that. It kind of reminds me of trading Sagan away and getting basically nothing back. I mean, I like Erickson and everything, but this should have yeah. been a, a better piece than than him coming back. Well, the thing I've seen people dogging a lot this season as well that I wasn't too happy about was the Riley Smith deal. Uh, when Riley Smith was here, the amount of people that didn't want him here saying that he would he didn't put up the numbers and he didn't do this and he didn't do that. 
I, I actually liked him, but when he left, the reason that deal was done was to bury Savard's contract. Like, uh, I think people didn't see that side of it. I think they just saw the player swap and we got his, they got him. But that that took four million off our cap space. So I still think that was a good deal, to be honest. Because <laughs> it, it's so difficult to to get rid of guys' contracts that aren't playing anymore. And, and if you're stuck with it, like, it's like if we'd have signed Horton and we were dealing with that, like uh, Toronto are now, I think they've got his cap. Yeah. Um, like, it's just something that you don't want to have to deal with. So if you've got to give a player up and you get a worse player back, then I think that's all right by me, to be honest. But at the same time, we need to build up that right side because... It's terrible. Other than Pasternak, I don't like it. Yeah. <coughs> Which is going to be interesting uh, next before next July when he is up for negotiation talks. Oh, yeah. Because we already lost a year of his uh, entry-level eligibility because <coughs> he went right pro. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm not... I, I haven't even looked at next season's cap and how it looks... Um, yeah, it's going to be a... Yeah. It, the good thing is, if they get Martian signed up this season, coming, if they get him signed up before the deadline, at least it gives us a better look at what we've got cap space-wise. Because I, I hate to have players like Krug, we don't know what he's getting, we don't know what he's asking. You don't know how much cap space you're going to have left for free agency. Which is another thing we can talk about, by the way. What's because that? I I saw you talk about it today, Matt Martin. <laughs> yeah. You you do not like that guy, do you? I I I'm not saying I don't like Matt Martin. I I I think he's a good player and so on. You don't. But I yeah. want the Bruins to get away from players like that. You don't yeah. see any Matt Martins on Pittsburgh Penguins when they won the Stanley Cup. I, I'm gonna put air quotes in of what you said. Okay. This is air, air quotes. Ronaldo 2.0. Yes. <laughs> and that, I did say that. Laugh. Yeah, and I think that was one of your fit of rage moments. <laughs> I've seen it a couple of times. Not another Ronaldo, no. <laughs> but oh, that was that was a really bad trade. But, exactly. Um, exactly. And I, I just don't want it, I just don't want the Bruins to get back involved and stuff like that. What I what yeah. I if he does come to the Bruins. Any, two, I mean, two way contract though. Right. Yeah, there you go. Why not? Why not? I can like, I can accept if, that. If he's a guy that you put in Providence for the beginning of the season, right? And I've said this with a lot of players that you can bring in that are gritty and can work in the NHL. Bring him in, put him in the AHL, let a kid play it in in the spot in the NHL where he would be. And if it doesn't work out, swap them. That, that's the whole point of having these two-way contracts for older guys is so that you can do things like this and you're not worrying about having to make a trade to replace them if the kid doesn't work out. Right. Like, bring those guys in who can play top minutes in an AHL team. And Matt Martin does have some skill to him. He's not just a guy who goes out there and fights. Yeah. He can play hockey. He's. That's why I laughed when you said Ronaldo 2.0. Because I was like, no, 
No, he's definitely not. <laughs> what Ronaldo at the beginning of the season, oh my god, the amount of times that guy hit the post or missed the net was just frustrating. Whereas Matt Martin, I think, would have buried most of them. Right. I, I but, you know, I I like I I like the fact is that you know he he can he can be that player that can get under the under the skin. Yeah. And, and you know, I've seen him skate. He's he's got he's got decent speed. You know, yeah. and and like uh, I'm not sure who said it. Uh, it might have been even you that said he's a good, he's a decent player on the penalty kill. Yeah. So he, he he penalty killed with Tavares at one point. Yeah. So, so if if he comes to the bees and he produces, I'm not saying 20 goals, 30 goals, but if he produces point production on a fourth line role yeah. and does his job instead of just going out there and banging a creating stupid penalties yeah then I'm okay with an offensive player like that coming to the bees but if you're just gonna come and bang around like Ronaldo did and you know be the tough guy role I, I'm not for yeah. it I, I just think sometimes I think the Bruins are going in the opposite direction as everybody well not everybody else but a lot it's of a teams lot. in the NHL are going for lines of offensive depth yeah and um... You've seen it with teams like Anaheim, who are known for being the big guys. Like some teams just can't make it work, no matter how much depth you have forward-wise or defense-wise. But the thing I like about the Matt Martin thing is, if he comes in, you can trade Adam McQuaid, and you've still got a guy that's going to be on the ice that can stick up for his teammates, because it. I, I can't see them letting Miller fight as much anymore with his shoulder because that's going to be a continuous injury that's never going away. So I can't see him being the kind of stand-up guy for when something goes wrong. I'd rather it be a bottom line forward. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to see that from Chris Kelly if he gets re-signed. He's not going to be going in there scrapping because he's an older guy. Right. When, 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 you, when you do moves like that for a bottom line forward, you, you have a higher potential of, of getting a guy from the AHL to fit in that role when he's gone. Cause you, now, when you, when you do it for a top six, you want to get that return back. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to be searching in the AHL for another uh, a top six player that really doesn't belong there. But there's a there's a lot of possibilities for this team to be good next season. The only thing is, it's going to take a lot of things to go right to make it happen. Right. And that's things like maybe getting Vasey and maybe him actually producing like people think he's going to, which I, I don't know because he's never played at the NHL level or the AHL level, that's, so we don't know. That's another that's another topic that I'm pissed off about. I mean, yeah, Jim, everyone constantly going on about it. Jimmy VC is a good player. Hobie Baker award winner. Awesome. Great for him. But I am tired of seeing titles on articles. Vasey will sign with Bruins. Yeah. Oh, that drives me nuts. Because you yeah. don't know. You don't know. The day of your birthday, Rob Tomlin, yep. is the day he will make everything official. Why can't people just wait? I'm actually going to tweet him on my birthday and just say, sign with the Bruins, please. <laughs> nice. See? Just, At least you wait for the day to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to... I've seen all the tweets that go to his account, and it is just ridiculous. But uh, we just... We need something to go right. 
stuff has gone wrong for too long. It needs to start going right, and it needs to happen with good, solid signings at free agency, releasing guys who need to be released, trading guys that need to be traded, and then going into next season with a fresh start, few different players on the team, better depth, and going out there and trying to get back to the playoffs. Because that's what we all want. Everyone wants it. Absolutely. From, man- from management to the fans, everyone wants playoff hockey. So you either you try it for one year, give guys, go to free agency, some of the bigger guys, give them one-year deals at bigger amounts than they want, and say, we'll, we'll bring you in for a year, we'll give you this much. If you don't produce, then we can't. We, we won't re-sign you next season and you can go on to somewhere else. If it if it works out, then re-sign them. You get, like, that's how teams work, but I think a lot of fans think that, oh, we, we have to lock these guys up full-time, and also, when they look at guys who are going to be, become free agents, some people don't realise that there's 30 other teams. Well, there's 30 teams going to go after this guy and try and sign him. Yep. Like, you can't just go, oh, well, he should earn around £4 million. Because some other team who's got plenty of cap space is going to go, there's £5 million signed for us. So, you got to make it worthwhile to the player to come to this team. And I think the main thing that they need to say to everyone who comes in free agency is you come in here to turn this team around and make it a playoff contender. Yep. Because that that's what I'd want to hear if I were going there. I'd want to be that guy that came onto the team and then we went to the playoffs. So you've got to make them guys want to come in, want to be that role model that takes some of our younger talent to the playoffs and then we can see where we go from there. Because I don't want to finish with a 14th pick for three years in a row and end up being pissed off again and waiting four months for hockey to start again it's just not mm. worth it I, so go go big or go on exactly exactly yeah uh, yeah we've we've passed an hour already it's too quick this, this thing <laughs> i know quick. i know <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to bring up? Because uh, I we could go on and cut another couple, or we could call it a uh, a show. Get back to it next week after the draft, and we'll talk about all those players that are, uh, are newly acquired through uh, selections. Yeah, I think we'll we'll stop complaining for one day. <laughs> the, uh... Hey, we've been gone for two weeks. We gotta make yeah. up. We gotta make up for some time here. Yeah, there's frustration <laughs> boiling over that hasn't been aired, and we need to get it aired. So right. Yeah. Um, I think we come back next week. We talk about the guys who've been drafted. We talk about how stupid the management are for drafting these guys. <laughs> <laughs> we we say, why have you picked a fifth round player in the first round? Right. Uh, and we'll, and then, we'll talk about free agency has beens that we're gonna pick up on the first. Yeah, Mark Recky coming back. Oh, the leader in the yeah. the leader in the locker room. Oh my god. Yeah, Pandemonium, cats and dogs living together. <laughs> Nathan Horton's just had surgery and announced that he wants to be a Bruin again, so he's coming back. Everyone's coming. don't worry. Survivor traded again. 
we're, we're gonna give Keith Yandel 45 million pounds a year to be that stalwart defenseman on oh, the blue line. I love and it. And he's just gonna he's gonna block 3,000 shots a game. So we're okay. I love it. We're going to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to a friend of mine. Uh, he's a, a diehard Bruins fan, and I, uh, his family are all uh, big Bruins fans. But uh, it's Father's Day, so in honor of Father's Day, I'd like to give a shout out to Jared Santasoso and his wife Tiffany. They just found out that they're having twins. So congratulations to Jared and Tiffany Santasoso. Congratulations, and I look forward to your kids both being Bruins. Nice, right? If you need agents, Rob Tomlin, yeah. you can you can find Rob Tomlin at Rob Forty Bruins at yeah. on Twitter, and you can find me at thw black and gold. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll get back to you next week for some more craziness Bruins talk. Yeah, have a good week, guys. Rob, thanks again, man. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.